0: you're listening to the wool academy podcast this is episode number 29 hello and welcome my name is elizabeth van delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell Hi there, it's so good of you to join me again today on the Wool Academy podcast and I just want to give a brief introduction to today's guest. Um, Today I'm talking to Robert Ryan from Shootbell in Australia and what I think is interesting to hear in this episode is that you will learn more about how the australian wool industry is set up and organized because robert explains that very well and also just hearing about different aspects of agriculture and you kind of get the the gist of how important agriculture is in australia and how it is then also showcased and supported through different channels in the industry. So I hope you enjoy this interview, which I took live during the IWTO Congress in person. So that was very special to be able to sitting next to my um, interview partner in one room, as opposed to doing it on Skype. And I just hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I am here with Robert Ryan from Shoot Bell in Australia. And we're again live at the IWTO Congress in Harrogate and it's so great to have you Robert thank you for your time
1: Lisa thank you for talking to me
0: (laughs) and yeah I I wanted to invite you because you are a person like many other in the industry who wear a lot of different hats and Mm. I would like to yeah, Inquised you about the different hats that you wear, so let's talk first about the business that you own yeah, about okay. Chutbel.
1: Well, that's the actual thing that pays the way, and I suppose <laughs> I'm very fortunate because I have a very uh, a very good team of staff and a very good uh, business. And basically, our business of Bell is a wool broking business. So we we sell wool is our core business, and then we sell livestock and property, and and we lend money to wool producers and and livestock producers. Um, it's a business that's been around for a very long time. It's been, it was formed in 1906, and it's had a series of owners. And uh, we bought this business in, in 1994, and uh, so here we are, you know, 20 odd years later. Uh, we have a, a a very, very good business that deals with all sorts of uh, industries. Uh, matters and and people who produce wool and livestock and and cropping and all of those things that they do in their normal day-to-day business. So it's very very good.
0: And you're based in Sydney? Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. I I live in Sydney. Our head office is in Sydney. uh, Mm -hmm. But we have branches all throughout New South Wales and Queensland. And uh, we principally concentrate in those two states in Australia. Uh, and we uh, operate from, you know, as I say, uh, uh, selling wool, selling livestock, selling uh, residential real estate and uh, and and rural properties as well.
0: So you support the farmers uh, and give them advice on how to... Yeah, we're, we're
1: available it, uh, to give them advice and support them financially if they need it and uh, assist them with their... Their ram selection and their and their sheep classing and uh, their their uh, overall uh, desires, whatever they may be.
0: Okay, great. And the official name is Shootbell, Badgery and Lambie. Yes. What does that? How well, does it, that it's, name it's come together? Well, it's a, obviously
1: a series of surnames of different people in the early 1900s that uh, came together, and uh, uh, obviously it was. Um, shoot bell and then the, the badgery came along and then the came along, so it's been a series of people who've joined that business over time, so um, it was personalities from the early 1900s uh-huh. that, that and started And you kept that. them on board? Yeah, very important.
0: Okay, great. So there's, yeah, as you said, lots of history uh, yeah, in yeah, the wool industry. Yeah. And what, so yeah, you mentioned the different um, income streams and what kind of farmer is typically your customer? Or do you have um, different customers yeah, then? yeah,
1: no, I mean there's several type. I mean you have a dedicated wool producer, or you have a dedicated cattle, or sometimes sheep and cattle go. You know they go together, um, but most of our we have some uh, mixed farmers who are, um, are producing crops as well, um, and but generally they are uh, dedicated wool producers that specialise in uh, in most cases in merino wool. There is some crossbred wool production, but merino wool for apparel use, um, and and principally. They shear once a year or some of them now are shearing twice a year um, um, and they generally uh, prepare with our assistance if required their wool clip for, for bringing to the market and the market in, uh, in Sydney is every, every week. Um, we have an auction and, and we, we, we store wool in various regional centres and and those samples are then brought to sydney for display and inspection by uh, by the buyers
0: and you then have an auction and yeah. it's it's an open cry yes auction.
1: it's an open cry auction and it's uh, very fast you know we do about about uh, four or five lots a minute Wow. So we're going very quickly because we were dealing with professional buyers and they know what they want to buy and uh, we know what it's worth. So we we have to make sure that they, they pay the correct price uh, and that, uh, that our clients uh, uh, receive the benefit and the advantage of getting the best price possible on the day.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're covering the supply chain from farm to... Say to, yeah, the to the to export. The, yeah,
1: that's mm-hmm. right. To the port, and, and then we provide various services for the bars. If he wants to uh, to blend some lots together, we do that. If he wants to uh, uh, hold it for a period of time, or he wants to have it put onto the ship very soon mm-hmm. uh, after the sale, we we arrange we all of those things. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then yeah you said you have <coughs> we already said you have different hats on um so you're also the chairman of the federation of mm. australian wool organization Organisation. and tell us a little bit more about that okay role.
1: well the federation of australian wool organizations is a uh, is a, a collaboration of all of the different factions within the wool industry in australia we have it is the uh, It's the sole branch of the IWTO, the International Wool Textile Organisation, so it's the Australian branch and it has a series of members, AWI, uh, AWTA, the testing house, we have Australian Wool Exchange, Um, then we have the National Council of Wool Selling Brokers, we have the Australian Council of Wool Exporters and and we have uh, Wool Growers Australia and we have other um, uh, sub-members who are... Uh, part of the industry and they may well be the Department of Agriculture or they may well be uh, a particular faction that isn't uh, necessarily able to subscribe to a full membership. Uh, and but they they might come in as associate members or, or participants in in the process. So it's about a collaboration of like-minded people. We may not all agree, but we are like-minded people about wool industry matters that come together for the betterment of the wool industry. So we talk about uh, are we prepared for exotic animal disease in the event we, we get by we had an outbreak, or are we how are we going to deal with a particular issue? of uh, disseminating information or, you know, are we going to run the conference uh, as we did last year in Sydney uh, on behalf of IWTO. So there's a whole lot of things that come, that need to be dealt with from a national perspective from time to time and we do that um, through regular communications where we have a website, we have a uh, obviously uh, an executive that meet, you know, four or five times a year. We have uh, 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 an executive officer who works part-time for us to pull things together, um, and then we have um, you know uh, input from a technical perspective that goes on to the technical presentations at IWwTO etc yeah.
0: and so yeah, <coughs> you explained how you work together on national level, and you're also very much involved with um, the work on international level, and why do you feel it's important to work together mm. as an industry?
1: Well, I mean, I, I have the belief that if you're in a particular industry, and I'm in the wool industry, then I think you have to be involved. And I think to be involved means that you get get down and contribute, and uh, you support the industry, and you you attend conferences, and you participate in all of the things that, um, that are important to different people within the industry and i think it's very much uh, you're in a, in a much better position if you can come from a united position or a collaborative position to the government of the day for example and you can talk about you know the industry how this will impact on it if we if they go in that direction or, or how would we recommend to them about something uh, you know as i said before exotic animal disease is one thing i mean um, how do we deal with that and how do we you know we, we, we make sure that the industry is not Disadvantaged, but it's actually prepared in the event. And we hope we don't get it, but in the event something terrible occurs, how are we going to deal with it? And that's really what this group's about.
0: Mm, great. <coughs> and describe to me a little bit what is so special about the Australian wool industry.
1: Well, without being too cocky, um, <laughs> I think we, we are... Um, We're very passionate, we're very lucky of the type of sheep we have because we do have the largest number of Merino sheep and we do produce some of the, the most if not the best wool in the world for apparel and it is very, very unique that one country has that dominant position. Um, it's not without its problems because we have various things that uh, that impact on us, for example, you know drought or uh, low commodity markets, uh, lots of things that occur in Australia that that challenge the producers and the and the organisations and the industry as a, as a whole. But I think um, um, you know as I say, we need to be making sure that we're we're coming together as a group of um, like-minded people. Uh, in in the wool industry now I like actually wool because it's you can actually touch it and feel it Mm -hmm. and if you know a lot about it then it's uh, it's really really uh, an exciting fiber and exciting uh, industry to be in Um, but as I said before life is what you make it and you get out of life what you put into it I think and uh, we particularly enjoy that and (coughs)
0: tell me a little bit about (coughs) the like how's the Australian wool industry structured Um, Between well,
1: have, we have. I mean, obviously, there's there's a, there's wool growers, wool producers, and then there is uh, wool brokers uh, as as the agent for the producer, collaborate, bring the wool to auction, attract the buyers, so the mm-hmm. buyers come to the market. Uh, we have various rule providers and rules uh, for pertaining to auction are governed by the Australian Wool Exchange and the Australian Wool Exchange. Uh, has and uh, uh, provides advice to wool classes throughout Australia through a registration program and and an update on on clip preparation um, and and provides feedback to those classes uh, as as well as information that comes from the brokers back to the wool classer and to the to the producer. Um, aside from that, um, we have various uh, logistics organisations that are involved that may do the. Container packing or the the dumping prior to containerisation, and and ultimately you know send the containers off to uh, to mills overseas. About 90% of our wool clip is is generally exported. Uh, we process some wool in Australia, so the wool processes are a part of our collaboration. Um, but there, there, uh, there's a lot less than there used to be. But most of our seventy percent of our wool is is exported to uh, to countries like China and followed by India and Italy and uh, uh, and the Czech Republic and various other ones. Um, but I think also we we have an, um, a, a a government, a grower representative body which has funding from two streams. One is, and that's organisation, is, uh, is Australian Wool Innovations, AWI, and they are pr- principally funded by wool growers with a levy of 2%. <coughs> um, and, and, and in addition to that, the taxpayers of Australia provide funds to the AWI for, for, their, um, for their running of their operation, which is principally about um, marketing and, and research. And so they they come together with that funds, use it to uh, to promote Australian wool, and uh, and do good things within the industry, be it research or or experiments on various types of um, animal issues and sheep production, wool production in general. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And then you have also a large testing.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. we have the, the Australian um, um, AWTA, Australian Wool Testing mm-hmm. Authority, which is a uh, a member-based uh, company, again, a not-for-profit like AWI, but it actually is um, responsible for providing all of the tests under the rules and regulations of IWTO, and those, those uh, tests uh, form the basis on which the wool is traded, and uh, um, it is a very... Uh, you know unique position where where the industry owns that business through its membership and make sure that the uh, that the test results that are that are being provided are uh, very are accurate and 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 therefore they follow through that purchase that one mill might buy and to the ultimate product that they produce and they know exactly what they're getting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many different players um, yes. in the Australian wool industry and we also talk to other members of for example, Uruguay, and then hmm. the setup is quite different. So it's um, interesting to hear the different ways of how yes. a country organizes yeah. its wool production. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now let's go to your third hat. You are the is it the president, president of yeah. the Royal Agricultural Society of New South Wales? Yes. the what does that <laughs> society do? Well.
1: The Royal Agricultural Society of New South Wales is 195 years old. It'll be 200 years old in 2022. And it was first formed when the colony of um, New South Wales was first settled. Um, And it it came together through um, people wanting to expand production of food and fibre uh, and, and agriculture in general. So soon after the settlement, of Sydney, um, like-minded people came together for the betterment of agriculture and and, and and started competing as far as displays went, you know, have they got the best fleece of wool or have they got the best cow or the best sheep or whatever it might be. So, so now that switch forward to 195 years later we have um, an annual event called the Sydney Royal Easter Show and it is one of the biggest events in the Southern Hemisphere and we just concluded our our um, 14-day show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And and it's known as the Sydney Royal Easter Show. and It comes around Easter time, of Mm -hmm. course. So we bring together a lot of people through exhibition uh, who talk about excellence in agriculture and we might have we have for example a sheep committee and a uh, it's like a sheep and wool committee and we have a cattle committee and then that's broken up into beef and dairy and then we have horse and we have poultry and we have goats and we have alpacas and we have general display of all of those things that come from the 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 farm or from agriculture in addition to that we have some um, absolutely magnificent exhibitions about agriculture from various regions within within the state of new south wales and they they come through uh, and collaborate within that region to put a design and a display up there of the things that are produced within that region and it might be wheat and it might be barley and it might be various you know other cereal crops or it might be fruit and vegetables and wool and all of those things so they tell a story in their display and these murals are constructed out of Fiber and wool and fruit, and and are displayed in a in a hall, which is some um, many many meters long. And uh, then they enter a competition. So it's all about competing, and and as a result of the competitions, we improve the excellence of the product or excellence in agriculture. And uh, we've now taken it through. So we have fine food, we have domestic animals, we have um, all sorts of you know cheese, wine, dairy. All of those different products that are produced in New South Wales in a, in a competition. Mm-hmm. And, so and the
0: best sheep can, will be chosen and the best.
1: Sheep. Yes, best sheep or the best cow or the best yeah, okay. horse or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. We also have a competition which is about sustainable agriculture through um, a competition called the President's Medal. And that's basically uh, an enterprise that may produce, uh, for example, this year was a, uh, an enterprise that produced olive oil. And it's about sustainable agriculture. It's about a good business model. It's about making sure that, you know, the end product has got the depth behind it and it's got a good financial structure and uh, um, environmentally friendly and, and, and all of the, the correct things. Um, you know, we've had oyster farms in the past. We've had fish farms in the past. And, mm-hmm. and this year was an olive oil. Mm-hmm. producer and, uh, you know, they talk about the virtues of olive oil and uh, and the sustainability of it. I mean, it's very, very prestigious and it's a very, uh, very uh, grand uh, competition to win. Um, I get a lot of support from the government, departments to help us, you know, with the research and uh, uh, all of the things that go to making up a, a credible um, and, and, and competition from people to promote the product mm.
0: yeah. and do you see certain trends um, coming <coughs> yeah. in, in yeah. agriculture?
1: <coughs> I mean historically I mean because I'm a sheep and wool person it's always been about sheep and wool mm-hmm. and and now of course it's there's a lot of people who do a lot of other things and, and as I say I mean this one that one the other day was about olive oil mm-hmm. so we have an olive oil competition now we have a cheese or we have fine uh, uh, um, deli meats uh, and then we have wine uh, and and all of those things You know, people can't just produce one bottle of wine. They have to be, they have to produce, uh, uh, you know, a sustainable amount. It has to be a more, it has to be a commercial venture that they're into. It's not just sort of, you know, we're going to produce this one jar of pickles. It's, uh, you have to be able to produce more than just one of something. Yeah.
0: So you're seeing a trend of more diversification mm. within mm. the agricultural industry yeah. in Australia. Oh,
1: you go back hundreds of years mm. ago. Australia was just about sheep and wool. Mm. It's not now. It's about many, many diverse um, agricultural products. Mm. You know, special types of wheat or barley that are grown for, for food production. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Uh, yeah, you are right. And, and and I suppose the volume of wool is down. Historically, a little bit because people do other things. They, mm. with their land, they can produce other things, or they're endeavouring to produce other things. Mm. So yes, the, it is. Uh, it is, I suppose, a, you know, a, a, a great thing for the diversity, but it's also a bit of a threat for if you're a sole wool producer <laughs> or a beef cattle producer. Mm. Yeah.
0: And how do you see and how do you attack the issue of getting young people into the mm. wool industry? Right. Yeah? Okay. Well, we have.
1: <coughs> And I'm a wool broker, as I mentioned before, so we have a an organisation called the National Council of Wool-Selling Brokers and the brokers run a competition called the, uh, you know, the, it's sort of like the Next Generation, the Young Wool Broker Award, and that's awarded after a series of presentations and... Uh, interviews and and research into the individual who's applied for that. That's one way of doing it. But the Royal Agricultural Society, what we do is we have a youth group and we bring those young people, we encourage them to be involved in a standing committee, a sheep committee, for example. And then, uh, you know, and if they're, they're able to commit and able to, uh, to, to uh, bring substantial you know, input to the table, then then after a period of time we would ask them to join that committee on a formal basis and and, and our endeavour to keep our average age down and make sure that we have got a young group of people coming through our organisation, not just as, a, as the Royal Agricultural Society, but we do it in, in, in the business of wool broking and the business of wool buying. It takes a long time to learn a lot about particular things such as wool from an exporter's point of view or a broker's point of view. So you're generally not going to be 15 when you get that information. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more likely older. But, you know, I, I started you know, when I was 18 years of age and in the wool industry you know, back in the late 60s and, and ended up, you know, a young auctioneer and selling things um, in, a, in, a, in an open price situation at a very early age. And i think those opportunities still exist there today i mean i was one of the first was the first person to employ a female auctioneer to uh, to run an auction and she's still selling today Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's lots of things that young people if they are prepared to commit uh, i have a young wool class who's working for us in our rehandle and he's only 21 and uh, he is uh, he's got great great opportunity and he will be a great great asset to our business and to our industry and so they they are there um, but it's a two-way sort of thing you know people mm-hmm. have to commit. in yeah. yeah
0: but you're open to to giving young people a chance oh yeah I, mean. yeah I
1: mean it's you know I'm at the other end of the spectrum now I don't mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. you never think you get old but ultimately you get there and you go well I think we need to you know you 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 it just happens in a blink and all of a sudden you're old so you you have to for the sustainable Uh, sustainability of the business and for the industry have to keep bringing and encouraging young people. And if you see here at IWTO, we had probably one of the biggest number of uh, uh, younger people stand up there yesterday and introduce Mm. themselves from all facets of of the industry, Mm. which is is very important.
0: Yeah, I know. It was really encouraging. Yeah. Well, thank you, Robert, for your time. It was really a pleasure hearing um, more details about your business and the different organisations that you are the head of. And before we close, what is the best way to find out more about your company?
1: If people, people can uh, have a look at our website, which mm-hmm. is uh, www.shootbell.com. Okay. Great. And uh, yeah, Lisa, thank you for uh, interviewing me. It's been a pleasure. And mm-hmm. uh, I wish you well with the future with your business.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode with Robert Ryan. When you visit the show notes, you can find out more about all the organizations that were mentioned today. These were Shoot Bell, the Federation of Australian Rule Organizations and the Royal Agricultural Society. Just go to elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 029. Once again, that is elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 029. We love that you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you also connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. See you there and bye for now.